Evan Giddings is the host of the 415ers podcast for Odyssey Sports, also with 95.7 The Game out in San Francisco. You guys got a, uh, it's a big game, I guess, coming up this weekend, right? Let me tell you, so from the outside looking in, the Brock Purdy story has been incredible. I think what Kyle Shanahan's been able to do to get him to be not just a capable quarterback, but somebody that makes smart decisions can go out there. We saw what he did against the Raiders where they're actually playing a close game. It wasn't just they're up, you know, the whole time and he's just managing the game. What has the conversation and just the overall atmosphere been around Brock Purdy and what he's done for this team there? Uh, well, Kyle Shanahan has, Shanahan has definitely treated his quarterback better than the 49ers fans treated that Rocky Balboa statue from what I saw earlier uh, <laughs> over on social media. But, you know, it, it's interesting because the conversation is always not necessarily what happens on paper. Because if you look at Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo side to side, the completion percentage is pretty much the same. The quarterback rating is pretty much the same. Yards per game since Brock Purdy has been the starter has been pretty much the same. But the eye test tells you it is so much different with Brock Purdy on the field. And when it comes to the points scored, I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. The question is, with Dallas being able to kind of neutralize and keep that passing game in check last week against San Francisco, how does he fare against a better defense and a better defensive line in terms of getting to the quarterback in Philadelphia? So Kyle Shanahan has definitely found something, a diamond in the rough, so to speak, as far as Mr. Irrelevant becoming Mr. Relevant here in the Bay Area. Um, but it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens after the season I know a lot of people are wary if Brock Purdy can keep this train rolling, but so far he hasn't given us any reason to believe otherwise. I, uh, I'm i really interested about this matchup, Evan, because I think that one thing that's getting sort of overlooked is the Niners' pass defense. Everybody says that this is a, a defense that you can exploit, but if you look at since week nine, this is the number two pass defense in terms of DVOA, and we already know what they can do in terms of uh, rush defense, right? How do you expect this game to go and you picture it in your mind? Do you think that this is going to be one of those games where they put a man spy on on Jalen Hurts? I mean, that there's been this reputation that the Niners don't do well, well against mobile quarterbacks, but they actually have. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, not a lot of the league has done well against dual-threat quarterbacks. So it isn't like the 49ers are the only ones struggling. I think it's just more glaring because that's the only kind of quarterback that's been able to beat them, right? If you got a scarecrow back there under center, you're in trouble when San Francisco comes to town. So when you're talking about the pass defense, I think that if you look at the first two playoff games, look, DK Metcalf absolutely torched the 49ers. 150 yards, two touchdowns. Look at CeeDee Lamb last week. He had over 100 yards. I know he had, I think, seven or eight catches in the second half alone. But the difference is, I think the 49ers' pass defense is okay giving up those empty calories, okay? So if the wide receivers on the other side are getting you know big plays, explosive plays, what does that look like? Does it look like the way that Cooper Cup played against San Francisco the first two games this season in which he had big numbers, big games, but it didn't really amount to anything? It didn't lead to points on the scoreboard in a big way the way he did in the conference championship a year ago when Cooper Cup absolutely torched the 49ers in that secondary. This year, Charvarius Ward has been a great cover corner for San Francisco, and I think a big reason for that number that you, you just laid out there, Trista, but I think that the opposite side, Diamador Lenore, Jimmy Ward in the slot is where Philadelphia is going to try to exploit the 49ers' pass defense. And so... Uh, DK Metcalf is a big receiver. AJ Brown is a, is a big receiver. 
Um, Dallas Goddard has been having his way with whoever, you know, and his opposing pass defenses. I do think the 49ers pass defense is the weakness here, but that's also because of the other areas being so good, specifically that linebacking core and Fred Warner, who is one of the best linebackers in pass coverage, combined with Dre Greenlaw, who is one of the best against the run. So they, they complement each other well, and I think they do a good job of making up for you know, a, a small deficiency on the outside. Because again, if you're looking at both these defenses, there's not a lot you can exploit. And so I guess people want to focus on kind of the, the the glaring parts of each defense. And for the 49ers, I guess it would be that number two corner and it would be then giving up some explosive plays. Evan, I'm a big fan of Kyle Shanahan. I just don't always love his in-game management. I thought last week he kind of coached scared a little bit. Luckily uh, for him, he was going against Dak who kept throwing picks and Mike McCarthy. But you know, do you guys kind of feel the same way like in San Francisco? Obviously, he's one of the better play callers, maybe one of the better play callers in league history. But I just feel like sometimes like his in-game management isn't the best or maybe he's kicking field goals or punting or playing too conservative. Do you guys kind of feel like that? It does feel like there is a little predetermination before the game from Kyle Shanahan as far as how he wants a game to go and how he'll stick to that process through thick and thin. And he kind of alluded to that this week, basically saying, you know, we'd love to be 50-50 run and pass, but I felt like Dallas, that game was going to be more of a slugfest. I wanted to run the football 30-plus times, even if I was only doing it at a three-and-a-half yard per clip. So I think that heading into this game, it's going to be a situation where you might see Kyle Shanahan look conservative, but that's because he is so dedicated to his process and his belief in his process being better than whoever is on the other side is going to get his team to victory. It's also interesting because I have the same concerns too watching Kyle Shanahan, especially down the stretch of that first half against Dallas. It's yeah. like, how can you manage a drive so poorly and somehow get bailed out with three points? But it is interesting how we feel like that for a head coach that is six and two in the postseason and has a chance to go to his second Super Bowl and his last three postseason berths, his first three postseason berths as a head coach. So I, I hear what you're saying, but the, the proof's in the pudding. Oh, yeah. Wins would tell you that Kyle Shanahan's done a phenomenal job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love the guy, but like I'm glad that you brought up the end of the first half because then his quote uh, a couple days ago or after the game was, well, we like where the score was at. And I was just thinking, man, you're a three-and-a-half-point favorite and the score is tied. We got to get that field goal up there really quickly on Shanahan. <laughs> if you had a vote, would he be your coach of the year or would it be Nick Sirianni or Brian Dayball? Like what, what they've done, obviously, with their two teams. I mean, Shanahan's great, but that's a pretty loaded roster. Yeah, Shanahan is fantastic. And, and I think that for, for me, I judge the coach based on what the talent is on the roster and the amount that you succeed with it. So I personally, even though being in the barrier, uh, would lean towards a Brian Dable or even a Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, who I think did a phenomenal job with the team that he was given, having just been, you know, a, a laughing stock of football a year ago. If Kyle Shanahan is named the head coach of the year, he will certainly deserve it. But you're right. He has had arguably the, the best roster in football, perhaps outside of Philadelphia, and he has maximized it. So, you know, he did what he was supposed to do for a lot of fans out here, which is get the team to the NFC title game. And I know it's a regular season award, but no team was playing the best foot, their better football than the 49ers at the tail end of the regular season. And since he made that trade for McCaffrey, number one in offense's efficiency, you know, number two, number three on defense the second half of the season, and number one total defense for the entire year, uh, Kyle Shanahan has as good of a case as any. And even though I would lean towards Dable, I wouldn't be shocked to see it come over here to the Bay Area.
Talking to Evan Giddings on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. A couple of great defenses, obviously, in this game, right? Philadelphia leads the league in pass defense and sacks, Niners and interceptions and rush defense. Like, we can look at all the different categories that both these teams are really good at. Total sitting at 46.5 in this one. I like the under in this game. Do you see this playing out as more of a low-scoring game? Or could this be, at the same time, look, Philadelphia, we know, can put up points, and so can the 49ers. Yeah, I, I see this game leaning towards the under, too. And I think that's also the game that both sides would prefer because even though the 49ers, I don't think, are, are marketed as a, a high-flying offense, they can get up and down with the best of them. And Brock Purdy's scoring 30 points in you know six of his last eight games is certainly nothing to scoff at. As for the Philadelphia Eagles... I think that the 49ers want to shrink the football game. Look, the only piece of tape right now against Philadelphia beating them with Jalen Hurts would be Week 10 Monday Night Football against Washington. And what did the commanders do? They controlled the football for about 41 minutes of that football game. I know that was a 50-plus point total, but I think Kyle Shanahan is taking note of that and saying, if we can keep the ball on the ground and we can convert 50 plus percent of our third downs or you know fourth down critical situations and play for ahead of the sticks as opposed to behind i think that they can shrink this football game to the point where even if both teams are scoring it is going to take a lot out of them to do so and both teams are also stout in the red zone so that means there's going to be less chances to put up six i see some field goals from both sides i think it's going to be a competitive game and it's going to be a, a titanic game between these two teams but i also am with you that i would lean towards under the 46 yeah, that's a really interesting point, Evan, because if you look at what Philadelphia's vulnerability is, you know, they're 17th in the league at rush defense, right, in, in terms of DVOA. But I'm curious, and you mentioned how the game plan is going to be to keep it on the ground, and I agree. But what's the deal with this calf bruise or calf strain uh, for Christian McCaffrey? And, and how do you see the workload being shared between uh, Eli Mitchell and CMC? Yeah, I also think you got to throw Debo Samuel into that yep. backfield yep. as well For when sure. you talk about carries. But Christian McCaffrey is, to me, he's he's the litmus test. Okay, so that first drive of the game, first two drives of the game, can you stop number 23? That is the first test that Kyle Shanahan is going to throw at any defense. That's what he did against Dallas. Six of the first nine plays to number 23. Dallas did a good job at stopping him and bottling up. Okay, so in the second half, when we want to get back to running the football, Elijah Mitchell is going to be next up, and even Debo Samuel at some point kind of carrying the ball, but also being a bit of a decoy. Kyle Shanahan is going to use Christian McCaffrey in the beginning of this football game. He might end with him in the football game, depending on how things sort of play out, who's got the hot hand. I do think that although Christian McCaffrey is, is hampering a bit of a calf, I don't think it's going to stop him from achieving whatever the original determined snap count was going to be for this game. They need him as badly as they need any player on that field and you can make an argument that he's been the most important part of this offense, even more so than Brock Purdy this year. So Christian McCaffrey, even if he isn't 100%, will need to be out there to, at minimum, draw eyes on a Philadelphia Eagles defense that has a lot of other things to look at as well when you talk about passing and running the football. So it starts with McCaffrey, but I would not be surprised to see Mitchell along with Debo Samuel get a heavy total of carries too. Yeah, no question that offense, a plethora of weapons without question for Kyle Shanahan. Evan Giddings, host of the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey app, 95.7 The Game as well. Thanks for coming on, man.